me, you, and the driver, we gotta get this photo together. We gotta get this selfie. Oh, open it. Have you got a bag? A bag for fucking what? We fucking grocery shopping or something. We doubling up on these bags. I was like, wow. Women are incredible. I've been out here every single weekend since I've been doing this. Picking up people who have had amazing nights. Fuck off, mum. I'm sleeping. I'm staying here. Leave me alone. I mean, I've always said this anyway, that this thing has killed me. But I can see I've aged. I look at my beard, mad grey hairs. It is mad. Welcome to or welcome back to my podcast, my book. Today I have a special guest who goes by the name of Chris. He goes by other names, which I'll allow him to speak on in just a moment. Um, as with, or maybe the other way around, um, Chris has read my book. So unlike the other, the other guests in which I've had on the podcast, they haven't read my book. So I think it's worth saying my views are independent of Chris's. Um, but again, as I mentioned before, unlike probably or unlike most of the other guests, Chris has read the book. Um, before going into that, I'm sorry, no apologies. I want to have this conversation soon after you actually reading the first draft. In that, I feel that your views will be raw and that you have many, many questions. But before mm-hmm. going into that, um, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners and who you are and how we know each other? Oh, um, so. I like you're saying I go by Chris. Uh, I also make music, so the name that I go under is Zaire. Um, I've known Andrew, I want to say over the span of a decade now, probably longer than that. Yeah. I want to say about 13 years, probably something like that. We met through the football world and just coaching me and my younger development days, maintained a relationship all, all the way through there. And I think it's um it's key to highlight that I think books was kind of the thing that helped our relationship kind of develop and progress from there beyond football. And I think we always maintain the relationship from there. Um, I got the chance to even sit down with you and the team on your podcast as well and discuss books from there. So when you, you told me you was writing a book and whether I was interested in reading it, I was like 100% since we uh, I love books anyway. So it's been a, a cool process being able to go through the book as well. So, yeah. Cool. So, just very quickly, just on my relationship with you, I think you've touched on it. I think you've touched on it already, to be honest. So, like, naturally, when you're coaching kids, you have a. You, I mean, if you if you like working with kids, you have a very nice rapport with them. But as you say, what actually kept our bond and was probably the glue to our bond was the fact that we had a very very good um, love of books and reading books. And although mm-hmm. I was coaching you on your path to which. You went on to play for Arsenal and you had a trial for, or you had a trial for Arsenal and then went on to play for Arsenal. Is that yeah. what I was coaching you? Know, I was doing it obviously for the love of football and, and for the love of sport and obviously to assist you as well. Once you mentioned your, your interest in books and the books that you're reading, our relationship, for me anyway, personally, became a lot stronger from that day. Yeah. You told me about the books that you're reading and you, we began sharing insights as to our views on, not necessarily the world, but our views on some of the books that we read. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, is again, obviously testament to yourself, but obviously testament to the power of books and the power of knowledge, and obviously yeah. as well. Um, what I didn't say, obviously, in my, introdu- in my introduction, and we haven't quite to be honest. By the time this podcast comes out, so we're recording this podcast um, in late July, but by the time this podcast comes out, which will be in, I think it's going to be in autumn. So I'm thinking September, October, November, but I'll, it's more likely to be. September, October, in that 
hope I don't lose my, my train of thought. Yes, I've asked you to come on board, obviously, with me on this journey in terms of me actually releasing this book. So, obviously, I've shared this book with a number of people, or I've shared certainly passages with a number of people because I felt mm-hmm. it might be too difficult to give a whole book to someone to read, which is probably not too far-fetched, if I'm honest, but I know a lot of people got a lot of things on, in particular, obviously, in this period of time in which was COVID. So it was, um, it would have been... I don't, want to call it, I don't want to call it responsibility, but it would have been um, an ask to ask people to go for my book and be critical, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously when I ask yourself, you're more than welcome to actually read the book. So I think I might have suggested a chapter to begin with, but you know, you're like, nah, I'll read the book and I'll annotate it and I'll tell you where I think you, where you, where you've gone right and where you've gone wrong. And mm-hmm. I'll do if I was in your situation. And um, to which at that point I thought to myself, well, if he's going to go that far and beyond, to read my book, then I'd want him to be a part of my journey. So although there is, um, I'm not really good with titles, so although there is no title as to our relationship with this book and working on this project, it's essentially you are actually working with me on this project. So um, yeah. I don't know what the title is, but that is our relationship for this project. So I found it very, very beneficial in working with you thus far because for someone who actually knows me, Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really important that you provide um, a critical, a critical view, or someone who has seen me grow, and for someone who is, um, for someone who I've, I've shared obviously my experiences with. But at the same time, because you're an avid reader, you're able to look at it. I think it's subjectively or objectively as someone who's independent of yourself and myself, and cast a view as to what the view and opinion is based on my writing does that make sense yeah cool um there are a number of things that i actually wanted to so like you asked me a number of questions i think it was yesterday and um this may i'm not too sure whether it's going to be the first podcast as in the first episode whether it's going to be somewhere in between or or one of the last episodes but you asked me a number of questions yesterday which i felt were really really important to to answer and i'll go through them and by all means obviously interject um, somewhere to ask questions, etc., etc. So today, I want today to be a, essentially a conversation based on your thoughts on the first draft, and essentially, I want to kind of get out and um, externalize and communicate, obviously, what this book essentially is about. So, yeah. you asked me questions which I thought were really important. Um, you said, no, I said, sorry, that I want the book to be a wider conversation rather than just a read. I said, yeah. I have two books. No, so I said, this is this is probably going to be the first of three books. And yeah. I said that the other two books were hopefully, um, when they come out, they'll paint a, a wider picture, which is nothing wrong in doing so. But what I said is, when we actually look back at this book, the book that I'm currently releasing, I think yeah. it have aged well and it'll be appreciated a lot more. Although I believe it's a good book anyway. And I'm yeah. sorry, a very good book. But you asked me, if I isolate each book, this book in particular, and the parts of the book, because I'm releasing it in quite a few formats. So I'm mm-hmm. releasing it by way of having conversations like this as a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm releasing it, obviously, via visuals, by way of almost like a documentary. And I'm also releasing it as a book as well. Yeah. So do each of those do each other justice? And will they meet my objective? Yeah. Um, to which I want to go through the aims of all three. So for the podcast, I wanted people to hear not just my voice, but other people's voices and nuances, nuances, sorry, of the book. Visuals, I wanted to people actually, I wanted people to see visually my experiences, what I mm-hmm. went through, 
Um, and obviously, it'll be, narr it'll be narrated as well. Um, but also, I wanted to provide uh, my interpretation of the book and obviously my experiences. Um, mm -hmm. And the book itself, obviously, the book details the journeys. Um, it details my journey um, as a human being. And, as, and, and the book, obviously, for me, it provides clarity. Um, it provides um, or it demonstrates commitment to, to goals and to, to other things, but also sacrifice as well. Not just myself, but other people who have been with me on this journey because I've had so many different conversations. I provide outlooks and views from other people who have sacrificed a number of things to get to where they are today, to better themselves, but also their family as well. I wanted to tell my story and so it can be an example for other people as well. So I know I'm not the only person who's been on a journey or I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a pilgrimage, but been on a journey where I felt I need to um, not necessarily change my life, but I'm going through a process. So I want yeah. to be an example for other people. Um, but also, um, you know, writing, journaling and things of that nature um, are quite therapeutic and I felt it was important that I told my story. Um, and also it's good to document things. So obviously when you go back in the past, let's say in five years time, I think it'd be very, very good for myself to look back and actually look at my journey and see how far I've come. There are a few other things before I actually hand over to yourself. I wanted this book to be the catalyst for change. Um, so yeah, so this book for me is like the foundation of a catalyst for change. So when I look back in a few years time, I would have seen again, obviously the change and the progress obviously in myself. This book allowed me to question things, um, which I'll go into in just a moment. It allowed me to look back at my past and also my future as to what I want um, of myself and also my parents. Um, and also, which I explained very briefly yesterday, I, in me questioning myself and also my parents and a few other things, I realized that I had a, a lot of ghosts that needed to be exercised by way of expression, whether it was yeah. communication, conversation, writing. Um, and I feel that moving forward, I needed to bury those things. And when I mean bury those things, I mean, I think we all might be able to resonate in some way, shape or form in that we all have a past that makes any sense. But this book's allowed me to question my past. It's allowed me to question things as to my parents, et cetera, et cetera. It's made me think going forward, what I would like to do is I would like to almost start a new leaf. So when I, I don't want to say when I pass, but I like to bury a few things. So I think by therapeutically writing those down in, in a book and the things that I actually want to do in life, I want to be able to bury a lot of the things that have actually taken place in my life and in my parents' life. And I hope I've articulated that properly because I'll go into a few of those things in just a moment. So I don't, so I've, I've named, I've, I've gone, I've, sorry, I've put down a few bullet points. So you don't really realize how important the process is in growth and mm -hmm. what you've done for the opportunity you've been waiting for. And these are, these are things that I realized in, in the process of obviously writing this book. Um, and in the process of writing this book, I didn't actually think this was going to be the thing that I was going to be releasing or the thing that was going to be the forefront of what I was going to be doing for the, for the, for the, for the next coming years. So in 2017 or 18, when I made the decision to move to Barcelona, I didn't think this was going to be the thing that I was going to be launching or doing first. I was doing a number of things at a time to which were the forefront of my mind. Um, so I think it's amazing. You know, as I said before, the growth and the training you've done um, for the opportunity you've been waiting for. So I've got a, I've got a number of things that I've, I've been through in my life and I think it's important to express those things and communicate, communicate these things so hopefully people can either take inspiration, motivation and maybe some learning points obviously from them. Um, as I said before, I've experienced a lot of things in life and I understand that things are temporary. 
you know, and like, like the old adage would be, like from a football, from a footballing point of view, sorry, is that form is temporary and class is permanent. So, like, I've understood through my experiences that, you know, you have to be confident and know things will be okay. Whereas maybe a younger me wouldn't have wouldn't have thought that. But through experiences and through living life, I understand that, you know, bad times don't last, you know, and tough people do, you know, and mm-hmm. I've had I have. To- I have like two two questions. I guess just for the sake of bringing up what we were speaking about yesterday in terms of the isolation and that, I'm going to get to that question second. I guess my first question based on what you've been saying for like the last minute or so is you, you mentioned the demons that you felt like you had to, that you had to bury in the process of writing this book. I guess my question to you is, did you feel like you accomplished that with this book? One, and Two, if you didn't, is this something that is, has to be like a continuation? And so I guess it leans back into the question that I had for you yesterday in terms of isolating each individual thing that you're going to be releasing in terms of the book, the podcast, and can they stand on their own and do the justice that it deserves in terms of telling your story? And I think the reason why I say that is because it came from a conversation that I had with a friend where we were talking about comedy. And I guess you can kind of equate a lot of things quite similar in terms of nature. So we were talking about the way comedy has evolved in this era that we live in the social media. And it's important to make this note because you're going to be releasing, like you said, a podcast. There's going to be different mediums in which people can receive the information from this book. But a lot of the comedy that we were speaking about is that comedy has become so context dependent that it's no longer funny without context in the sense that you could see something online, but it's almost like if you haven't seen the previous joke before, you're not aware of what's going on. You might not catch the joke. And I think that's important even when it comes to a book like this, because it becomes very easy to lean on context to create other things that help support the initial idea. But I feel like with the book, it has to be, it has to do enough justice to the grand scope of things. And then if you introduce a podcast, it has to do justice and be able to live on its own because you might have people that might not receive the information from more than one medium. The podcast might be the only thing that they access. The book might be the only thing that they access. They might not get the other pieces that, you, that you're trying to give people to create this whole picture. So that's why I brought it up yesterday in the sense that if I was to only receive this book and nothing else, do you feel like the book has done justice? So I would ask that question again, and I'll also ask those demons that you were mentioning do you feel like you've buried them in this book? And if not, why, I guess? Um, you asked uh, uh, quite a few very big questions. So do I think the book will do justice on its own? Well, that is the aim, first and foremost, that the book will do justice on its own. And I definitely believe it will do justice because the first aim when I set out to write the book was to essentially tell my experiences as, as a driver. And I feel I've done so. I think I've done that and more. You know, but there is a almost a silver lining to my experiences, and that's me coming out the other side. So I give an introduction as to who I am, um, to which I'm going to touch on in just a moment, um, because you named a few things. In fact, so no, so I'll go for that very, very quickly. So we discussed the book and its um, its structure, all right, and we've gone back and forth. So at the very beginning of you actually reading the book, you were telling me um, you're unsure whether it was quite jumpy, and I explained those reasons why. And I explained that my intention was to actually write a second book to which I feel will give 
a lot of those stories a lot more context and you're like to an extent well i kind of want to know more now and i feel that if i told people more now i feel that it would have lost or i would have moved away from actually telling my stories as a driver and that was what the purpose of the book is about so yeah. actually i have so many different key points in life um so i've gone key point key point key point key point how i got to this juncture in life so you can understand my personality and then I can tell these stories. So you can essentially be, you, you understand me more and then you almost live vicariously through me as yeah. I'm telling those stories. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. So like what I find interesting, I've made notes on this is some of those key points are work and also um, about me obviously traveling as well. And I think which some people may or may not understand is I think with you traveling, there are so many bonds and experiences that sometimes you don't want to let go, which is why for a long time, so which is why people travel for a long time and also why people decide to sell up and then go live elsewhere or go back on the road, you know? And again, like, I felt if I went into great depth, we would have been lost in my travel experiences. I agree. And also my path as a driver, which is yeah. why I planned, I made a decision on writing a second book to which I've got about 50,000 words based on, on, yeah. on traveling already. And based on what I, the, the, the premise of the second book, I've got a lot of writing. So I forget where I was going. So I went from key point, key point, key point. Now you asked me whether it did it justice. Yeah. And whether it could stand alone. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel it stand alone because the book is essentially about um, my journeys as a driver. So I feel I do that justice and I provide a silver lining. So I give people um, a few key key points as to who I am as a person and how mm. I got to the junction in my life. I tell a load of stories. Yeah. And on the other side, I explain, obviously, why I became a driver. Yeah. The second question was, does, did this book bury those demons or those ghosts that you, that you bring up? You know what? Right now speaking, I'm going to I, I really don't know. I'm not too sure. And oh. actually after, and after like, all right, so I'm going to tell you some, yeah, yeah I want to say yes and no. Like, and I want to say yes for these reasons, because like one of my last um, bullet points before you actually asked the questions were, our personalities are sometimes not built by our core, as in our morals, but what we've experienced. And in, my, dad was a, my dad was a black taxi driver. And in my experience in being a driver, my dad's always um, said, oh, why didn't you apply for your license, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just to give um, context as to, so just to give a bit more context, so my dad um, was a banker. So my dad was a banker in, in Ghana. He worked for, I think it was Ghana Commercial Bank. And this was in the 50s and in the 60s. So in this period of time, he was back and forth from London to Ghana, back and forth, back and forth. Then he went back to Ghana and then there was a coup. In the coup, and I'm sorry, I'm explaining this very briefly. I want to try to explain this as brief as possible, to which obviously I'll explain this maybe another time. So... In the, with the coup, they were taking um, or bringing in people who held senior positions. So my dad was very aware of a number of people being brought in, specifically and from the bank as well. And he had a number of stories of people being, let's say, beaten up, all right, taken in by the army, beaten up, et cetera, et cetera. And he knew he would be one of those individuals in being and having a senior role. So one evening, he said that they came to see him. And he said this person in particular was his friend who held a senior position in the army as well and they had a conversation and he went he was going to take him in and then his friend made the decision actually i, I grew up with you what i'm going to do is i'm going to take you to the border 
Um, so, so he allowed him to cross the border. He went into Togo, went to Nigeria, and then from Nigeria, he went to France. From France, he went to Germany. From Germany, he went to the UK. Long story short, the point and the things I, I think I'm trying to make is that my dad, from, my dad went from being um, a banker to essentially doing what we'll call menial jobs and then became a black, ta black taxi driver. And I feel in his journey, and when I look back, and I haven't had this conversation with him because I don't know how difficult or easy a conversation it is, is that I feel my dad has um, been troubled by way of his experience. Because my dad, yeah, so I'm going so to go. So my, I feel my dad has been troubled by way of experience. So like, if you were to ask anyone, my dad's a very joyous person, loves smiling, loves talking, and that's who he is. On Saturday, what's today today? Today's Monday, I think. Monday. So I think I went to see him on Saturday, I think it was, or Friday. And again, I, people, people have always known him, like in the family, for being a very happy, go lucky person. But at the same time, my dad has this split personality where he can be angry. And I've always asked myself, why is he always angry? Or why does that anger kind of appear? And truth be told is, when I look back at these stories, is because there's a, there's a huge level of frustration as to he was a banker, held a senior position, and then his life changed. I have a blink of an eye. Had to, had to leave Ghana, following the coup, and felt he couldn't return. My dad, so left in 1959, I think it was, or 1959, I think, when the coup happened, and didn't return to Ghana until 2001. That's 40 years. Mm -hmm. Didn't see his mum. His dad passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saying didn't see his but he definitely didn't see his mum for 40 years. Um, obviously, family, etc., etc., must have passed away. There, there must have been friends and family to which obviously he never saw again. Um, there are a number of things, a number of ghosts, which I feel haven't been exercised on his part. And in living in the same household as him, you would see that. So he was quite, quite flippant by way of being happy one moment and being angry the next. In my dad's experience in being a taxi driver, like, and I want to go into this, I don't, actually, I don't want to, it's not about the second book, all right? But I want to, I, I don't want to harp on, on some of these experiences. And I didn't want to put all these experiences in the book because it will take away from obviously what the journeys were. So what I didn't know is my dad was uh, one, one of the first black taxi drivers in the London Borough of Ealing, as mm -hmm. in the first individual to, first black individual to um, have a taxi or drive at that rank. And he yeah. did a number of things. And when I look back, you know, I now remember these things as to how it changed him, et cetera, et cetera, as to who he was and almost how this affected me going long-term. So as to ghosts, I think there are a lot, you know? So, like, these are ghosts that he carried or issues that he carried, and he burdened them on me, you know, by way of his um, relationship with me. So he, he, what I'm saying is he was never allowed to be um, happy because I'm unsure whether he fulfilled what he ultimately wanted or set out from life because he would always refer to his experience as a banker, you know? And um, he probably put these things on me by way of, the way he wanted us educated, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously these are things that I didn't necessarily want, you know? So I don't want to harp on my, my dad's experience. I think, that was, I think that was my question really as you was going deeper into that story is more so how did those things affect you? How did it really shape the way that you saw things and what was the actual effect of those ghosts or whatever on you specifically? Okay, go. So, like, um, I'm glad you said, again, I'm glad you said it because now I'm going to answer this a bit more specifically. So, my relationship with my dad was never great. Never mm -hmm. great at all. So, it was only until, I say recently, it's been a bit more than recently, where um, our relationship has become a lot stronger, a lot stronger where 
I see him, et cetera, et cetera. I do things for him, blah, blah, blah. So, Did this book process inspire that? Uh, no, it didn't inspire that, but it probably, it probably aided that. So, yeah. no, it probably aided that. So I'll be honest in that, like, I'm saying, we're talking about ghosts being exercised and mm-hmm. things of nature. So I'm going to say we're in 2020. So we're talking as, as far back as probably about, say, 10, 15 years ago. But what I'm saying is, like, okay. in, the, in these experiences, this book has allowed me to ask questions. So yeah. enough, he's, he's, like, close to 80 years of age. I've never, I've never asked him about his dad. So like, yeah. I went around, I went around um, on Saturday and I asked him questions, loads of questions, show me pictures, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to really see and understand certain things. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's answered. Yeah. So again, if I don't know if I'm being specific and I don't know if I'm being vague on purpose. No, you are. Because I have another question based on okay. what you have said. Right, so I, I want to, before it goes too far to the left, I want to tie it back into the book because you do start to talk about his journey as a cab driver. And I feel like you allude to it in the book, but I want to ask like flat out and really get your opinion on it. You being that you was working as an Uber driver um, for two, about two and a half years or two years, did you start to see, I feel like you do kind of touch on it in the book, but I kind of want you to elaborate on it. Did you start to see like a mirror of your father and yourself through the experiences that you was having? 100%. And not did even, that frighten you or how, what did what was your kind of response when you noticed that did that make you afraid of becoming the person he is or was it more so like just the recognition cool so you might have to ask that question again because i'm going to start dancing around and moving around so yes. like as to ghosts i sit there and i question so i say my dad was a banker and then long story short he became um so he became a mechanic and then became so he had so he had no job when he came to london um, then became a mechanic um, and was told that he couldn't become a banker, uh, despite his experience, and then became a, a black taxi driver, long story short. And I sit back and I look as to whether he feels his life has been successful, because I would hear him say often, like, lifeo and stuff like, things like, things like that. And when I think, when I look back at those things, like, you don't just say those things, there are clear frustrations. So I sit there and I think to myself, like, are some of those frustrations as to whether I've done right by him as to what he would have liked for me? Because I still feel in the back of his mind, he may feel, I'm a, fl- I'm a, I'm a floating individual, so you can't pin me down. So I've been in Barcelona, I've backpacked in South America, etc., etc. I do things kind of on my say-so. I don't have, the, I, I feel very, very, I find it very, very difficult to not live by the nine to five construct, but it's just not who I am. And I don't, I, I, yeah, it's just not who I am. I don't want to um, expand on it. There's no need to. It's just not who I am. So I often ask myself, does he feel his life has been successful? So he's done a number of things. He's built like a house in Ghana or houses in Ghana, et cetera, et cetera. But does he feel his life has been fulfilled? And I feel by not only writing this book, which will be the catalyst for a number of other things that I'm doing, I think by way of this being presented, not even just to him, actually, my mother as well and other family members, this will go some way for them being, it's not the case of them being proud, but like them feeling, you know what, I've done very well as a parent. You know, my child has accomplished something by way of writing a book, expressing himself. And actually, it's almost a mirror for themselves as well. And God willing, obviously, they're live and they're around for my second book, which I go into great detail as to 
who they are, why they were the way they are, and how it actually formed me. You know, yeah. hopefully it brings a great amount of pride as to who they raised. But your question was, do I see, do I see myself and my dad as to his journey? Yeah, did in writing this book as you was going on a, as you was a cab driver and you was doing these things, did you begin to see yourself and see him in yourself? And did you at a certain point feel like you was going to become him in any way, shape or form? Or what was, how was it navigating that as you was driving, as you kind of touch on like a little bit in the book, but I want you to kind of elaborate on just that specific. From your standpoint, did cool. you see from my him? Cool, from my standpoint, um, so just very, very quickly, um, I don't know how long we've been recording or, or, or conversating for. If I start dancing around, actually pinpoint me and it might be a case that i might not want to answer the question yeah you're dancing a lot but i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you to it and we're gonna get there I, all right so then, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest like i'm the type of person if i don't want to answer a question i'll just say no comment or something along this line yeah. but if i'm dancing around just pinpoint me so as to me see my dad i'm gonna say yes and it's funny you say that because like today um my sister messaged me and she said that um, she went to the doctor, I think it was with my dad, and my dad has been diagnosed as having heart failure. So these are things that I need to understand a lot more, and I'm going to backtrack. So my dad today has been diagnosed as having heart failure. Don't know what mm -hmm. stage. Um, my dad's got diabetes, and my dad has got um, some form of cancer, all right? So that's three very, very serious illnesses. He's got poor mobility, et cetera, et cetera. In me being a driver, I definitely saw my, myself and my dad in that, I felt a lot of my habits began changing. So when you're a driver, when you've been, when you're on the road all the time, like just even for normal drivers, you, you have um, there's a there's a sense of aggression sometimes and frustration with other drivers. And when you're a drive, and when you're driving for a living, you're on the road nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours of the day. So that frustration can be demonstrated and can be seen on several occasions. So I've had to learn to a master that and be quite a calm individual, which I have mastered it in some way, shape, or form. But there have definitely been occasions which obviously I outlined in the book to which I've lost my temper, um, which um, draws comparison to my dad. My dad had like split personalities, a very happy man, a very calm man, but can lose his temper out like a split of a, split of a second. And you started to see that when you were driving? That you oh, definitely. Have... Definitely. Because, um, yeah, definitely. Because I think when, you, when you're on the road so much, and I don't know how it is for black taxi drivers, but for certainly minicab drivers, like there, there'll be instances where you're not making as much money as you as as you would like to do. So it's a very frustrating mm -hmm. job. And then you're dealing with so many different personalities. And I liken it and I do this comparison in the book as well. So I know Jay Z said like living in the projects. The projects, you know, you, you've got to, yep. dealing with someone on top of you, to the side of you, yep. to the left of you, to the right of you, below you, and then there's loads of them. You know, All and right. it's the same thing when you're driving as well. You're dealing with so many different personalities and so many different demands during the course of the day that it can affect your mind. And this is before we've been dealing with yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yes. All right. I like, want to interject again because cool. I want to make sure we hit the next part, which is when you started to recognize these traits in yourself that were similar to your dad in terms of the experiences you had as cab drivers, how did that make you feel? Cool. Specifically, how did that make you feel? Cool. So um, I spoke of my dad's illnesses, all right? But I've almost forgot what you just said or what I just said. But like as to how that made me feel, no, I always had a, um, an in plan, so an entry point and an exit point. But 
in the process, it can be very difficult sometimes to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Very difficult. So I had to stick to the game plan. So when I first became a driver, my intention, I had a business, I had a business with someone. No, with dancing, I said, how did it make you feel? How did it make you uh, feel to recognize the similarities between you and your dad? Because you've mentioned a lot about almost like what you've done is you've gone not around in a circle, but you've given me the playing field and you've painted the picture of, of what the grass was like. But I want to know how it made you feel when you started to recognize these things. Just isolate it to just how those, how recognizing those similarities made you feel because you've given a lot of context as to the history. So during this time, you've understood his journey. You've understood that he's come here as a banker. You've understood that he was doing something else and ended up doing this and maybe not what he specifically wanted to do. So I want to know, like you said, you had an entry point and an exit point. And that long process and hard, seeing the, hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, was there a fear that you was going to get trapped there and maybe end up like some, doing certain things that he went through, like the heart failure and the health? Was there a fear there? How did it make you feel once you saw it? Cool. So I 100% saw, so like I, I mentioned the illnesses my dad had. Um, my, my health changed, and I go into that in the book as to how my health changed. So I definitely put on weight. I definitely had to go see the doctor as to one or two, one or two things that I self-diagnosed. Um, and yeah, I did feel that I potentially could be trapped. Hence, it was very important to have an entry point and, a, and an exit point as well. Um, so yeah, it made me, it was very difficult. And like, I want to touch on something just very briefly. And hopefully, it sheds light as to what you've just said. So, like, as like as um, children of immigrants, um, I think that's mm-hmm. the correct term. Um, sometimes it can be very difficult to see um, the next the next stage or the next phase in development by way of us being in in, an, in another country, let's say, and. In me being also a minicab driver as well, you don't really, I mean, if I draw comparison with my dad, there hasn't been much progression, truth be told, all right? And, but that is far from the truth. And sometimes you need to isolate and pull those things away because actually what's happened is within my, my lifetime is I've experienced so many different things that my dad and other family and family members wouldn't have experienced. And I don't want to move away from actually answering the question because I'm very close to actually forgetting what you actually said, is that very similar to, like, I've had conversations as to BLM and things of the nature, and people say it's the same thing happening over and over again. And I go to myself, or or answer those questions by saying, actually, it's not. And the reason why I say that is because this individual was fighting for these rights um, in that period of time then, and they moved the conversation on. And then it became those, and let's say Martin Luther King, et cetera, et cetera. It became their responsibility to then push the conversation um, further. And then it moves forward again to 2020, where we've got, um, I don't want to say a group of individuals, but we've got our generation who are now voicing our concerns and protesting for, for things as well. And people will sometimes, sorry, people will sometimes say, well, there hasn't been a progression forward. Actually, there has been progression forward. It just so happens it's your turn. The ban has been passed on to you, and it's your job to take the conversation. It's your job to move your family forward. This just happened. So being a cab driver happened to be my dad's full-time job. For me, this was just a phase. And, and there's progression in that. Yes, there was progression in that. 
Hence me writing a book and hence me having two or three other projects that I'm very passionate about to which they are passion projects. Yeah. There is light at the end of the tunnel by way of those things being monetized, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'll, 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 I'll accept that. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. That's, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. In terms of there being progression in that and then now having to take that baton and take it further and make sure that that's not a continuing cycle or a continuing position for the next generation or whoever you pass the baton on to or wherever you leave the legacy? No, 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 no. So, like, um, I just want to touch on this very quickly. So, a number of people ask me questions. I wrote this down... Um, yeah, I wrote this down yesterday. So, like, if this book sells one copy, it's been very therapeutic and it's been an opportunity to document, obviously, my past and my experiences. If this book sells a few books, it's an opportunity to fund... Um, so I don't even explain obviously why I went to Barcelona. So like I went to Barcelona because, or how it happened anyway, it was a business partnership went wrong. Um, in short, and I felt lost for a period of time or for a moment in time, and I had to really make decisions. And I realized that I wasn't making decisions um, that I wanted, which was very unusual because I'm quite an independent person by way of thinking. But I'd been lost in this cycle and been making decisions on behalf of someone else and what someone else wanted so i said you know what i'm off so i gave myself like a few months i think it was six months in total and i went to barcelona wanted to make a fresh start uh i made a decision that i wanted to study again and go to university work in barcelona um i was trading or certainly learning to trade at the time and i had a few things i was very passionate about and i wanted to push those things forward but as to the book so like if it sells one book it's been very very therapeutic an opportunity to document my past and who i am um, if it sells a few books, it'll be an opportunity to fund a few of the things that I'm doing, and um, potentially even opportunity to travel again, et cetera, et cetera, including um, put towards passion projects. And the book sells bucket loads. In trading and some of my experiences over the past couple of years, I've learned, which I was aware of before, but most, more so, that I don't have the greatest financial literacy. But trading has educated me a lot by way of where and how to look for opportunity. But truth be told, my emotional intelligence at times isn't the best. But, but, like, so I want to touch on something. A friend, I had a conversation with a friend, but I just want to finish my sentence. But as a consequence of me actually writing this book and the, the potential of this book, I have sought financial advice as to what he or she would do or expert would do if this happened, that happened, etc., etc., etc. Just to put me in good standing and be prepared for what might potentially happen. So I've got so many different exit routes for what actually yeah. happened given the success of this book. So the book, the book yeah. is, is a success in itself, but it's the level of success the book may attain. Um, but as to the conversation I had with a friend very recently, is like, as to my financial li- financial literacy, I've never been one, so I've always, so, ah, oh, perfect. So like, not even perfect. In the course of this book, and we spoke about, we have, we've had a conversation as to you saying you're unsure at this moment in time in the first draft, whether I've emotionally given myself to people and i've been i've given almost views and perspectives i don't think that's the word i'm looking for but i've given views and perspectives i've told great stories but in some of them i haven't really given a lot of i haven't given a lot of emotion which is cool for as long i think you've given emotion i think you just haven't really given yourself you've given your emotional responses but i think it's very surface level in terms of how much you've exposed of yourself i feel like you're still very caged off which isn't necessarily an issue, but it's about what the message of the book is or how you're trying to portray it. 
if or what the objective is that I think determines how much of yourself you you kind of give up. And I know you've you've now so um, the conversation yesterday was you hadn't read the rest of the book and the conclusion. I do and I don't want to touch on the conclusion because that is essentially what my aim is for the conclusion. And I took a lot of notes yesterday actually, and I thought to myself, I'm going to include this, I'm going to include that. And to be fair, there's a lot of stuff in there which yeah. um, there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of stuff in there in this first draft. All right. Okay. However, I've sat down. I've gone. This happened, which was quite difficult for me. This happened was which was difficult for me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm going to include that to which I don't yeah. think was also in the first draft. But the conversations I've had with friends were is like in my in my years of like after going to university and things of that nature, I've always felt the need to invest in myself rather than um, let's say have a nine to five in a career because I yeah. always and I'm talking about from the age of. 15 maybe earlier i've always known what i've wanted but in this process of the, in this process of writing things have um magnified so i know mm -hmm. what the end goal is by certain bus stops or certain pit stops so i need to grow as this person in this field and then i move on then the next stage move on but at the same time i'm getting a lot closer to what i want which is in 30, 40 years time, I, I, I know exactly, and I've got time, I've got a lot of time to achieve what I want. And again, I'm being, um, I'm dancing a bit here, but I'm dancing purposely because I don't feel the need to sometimes tell people exactly what you want by way of your goal. No, you goal. don't need to. You don't need to, I don't feel the need to. So I'm dancing a bit, but I feel I'm well, well on the way to doing so. And I feel this book has helped me do so. Yeah. Um, but as to my financial literacy, I've always felt the need to invest in myself rather than go out and have a career. So I've always I've worked in different uh, I've worked in different professions. So I've worked in education and I've worked in football in different capacities. And within certain capacities, I haven't earned a lot of money. So when I worked in football, I ran certain projects. But at the same time, I worked part time. So I earned a good part time money, but it was very average full time money. And in that. I use that money to reinvest in myself. So I always had a lot of time in my hand. So when I was working in education, um, obviously you work from, let's say from nine to three. So I worked as a TA, I also worked as an instructor as well. But I always had a lot of time in my hand. So whether it's holidays or after school, so I use that time to invest in myself, whether it's learning, reading, financially learning, how to pick up certain skills. And I've used, I've essentially had that mindset from early 20s up until now, which is the reason why I probably, in my time and in life, I've never really accumulated a lot of money. And I've had poor financial literacy in that when I have had money, I've used it to reinvest back in myself, which is not a bad thing, but I haven't, heard, I haven't learned how to use money properly. And I hope that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. But I think, I guess as we like dive deeper into the conversation, I think a lot of the, a lot of the questions that I have even pertaining to the book kind of reflect in the nature of conversation as well because it's like even in the terms of like like you're saying about dancing around things a lot right you dance very well which is how you engage people and when you start to dance you take people on the journey but it's like at the end of the journey once you start dancing that much the song has to end but at the end of the song you want to feel like the dance took you somewhere where it took you where you wanted to go so this is what I mean by even in terms of like the book in certain places, it's almost like you start to indulge, but then at the point you get 
uncomfortable or the point that you get to the point where you no longer want to indulge anymore, it's just like a cutoff point and it's like, all right, this is as far as we're going to go. But it's almost like putting someone under hypnosis thinking that they're going all the way to the end of the road, but then they get halfway down the road and it's like, no, like it's over. So sometimes I feel like if you take out some of the waltz and you take out some of the dance, it will also regulate the expectation of the reader in terms of how much information that they're going to get from you in that process. Like even now as you was going into the financial literacy and stuff, it was great information that I, I'd love to hear about. But because you only take it so far, I end up getting to the end thinking, okay, what was the purpose of that? Like how does this information kind of tie me back into whatever else that I came here to receive in a sense, if that makes sense? Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So like we, so there's a couple of things that you mentioned. So, um, that's the reason why so, oh, so this is the reason why I'm doing the podcast because mm -hmm. each facet of this experience, so whether it's the podcast, the visuals and the book, they, I expect them to stand alone and do themselves justice or they have to, that's the reason why they're coming out and I'm happy for people to question me, question me on that. Um, but this is the reason why I'm doing a podcast and the reason why I have essentially brought you on and other people as well. So like I've asked people to question me. But you've read it, so it's a lot yeah. different. You've read it, it's yeah. a lot different, so you can ask certain questions. So again, I think we should. I think we should definitely take this time now just to get straight into the book as well. I think we've had like a lot of background, a lot of stuff around it, but I think really the main focus is really the book and what I've read, which is really what I do want to deep dive into, and it's really just the book. So we can kind of start wherever you feel. I can even kind of go from how my perspective has changed from yesterday to then getting through it. And what I now think, because I feel like I definitely have some things that have changed necessarily after getting to the end of this first draft as well. Hi, Andrew. My journey is available for pre-order via Amazon. And for more content, follow me on IG and Twitter at Andrew Mensah Jr. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-M-E-N-S-A-H-J-R. Subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Andrew Mensah Jr.